Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And we are back in action. Did you miss us? Maybe. No, what? If no, just don't, you know, you wouldn't be here, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so what have we been up to, Kate? Uh, it's been like a year, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Almost a year? Yeah. Um, well, we tried the vlogging thing. Which we do miss, and it worked out for a while, and then the rest of life caught up, you know? Um, we moved. We're eagerly seeking to move again. Lots of stuff's been going on with that. Um, I don't know. Just, like, a lot of travel and a lot of family stuff and a lot of other podcast stuff and getting this ready to come back. And I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to that? We started a Friends podcast. Yeah. Lots of podcasts, though. We've been doing a lot with Swish and Flick, which was why we put this on the back burner for a while. Mm -hmm. But shout out to our Uncle Drew. Yeah. Because he begged us to bring it back. He's here today. (laughs) He's supervising. Uh, He's our editor now. And that is why we're back. So shout out to him because that was why we had to stop. Really, we just didn't have time to edit. As much as we loved watching the movies and recording and talking about them and having the community, which has stayed active for the entire year. So shout out to our listeners who have continued to post Disney things and Disney news in our group, even though the podcast hasn't been posting. I gotta Um, like, it's just blown my mind. Like it has been at least a year or close to a year and it's been active. Like, active. Yeah. People just posting about seeing new movies that are coming out or, hey, you know, I'm having a tough day, so I have my favorite Disney movie on in the background. What's your favorite Disney movie that you listen to and you're sad or whatever? Just, like, random stuff that is just brings a smile to my face whenever it pops up on my feed, you know? Yeah. It's really cool. Grown-up kids are the best. It's because they're kids. <laughs> and kids are awesome. But I was going to say, yeah, I was at a family party. I think it was over the summer. And here comes my Uncle Drew. He's like, why aren't you doing grown-up kids anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you need help. You know, I got you. And it just kind of tumbled into where we are now. And people who are Swish and Flick listeners have heard me drop little hints here and there because it's always been in the back of our mind for the past couple of months. And we're finally here doing it. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, we are moving on in our list. We're just picking up where we left off. Next movie is The Incredible Journey. It was it was incredible. It was. I enjoyed it. But now it's time for the 30-second Disney Dash. Do you go first? I don't know. I don't think I think does it matter? No. We just alternate, but I'm going to make you go first right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. On your mark, get set, go. So we have three animals, two dogs, one dog that looks like the target dog, a golden retriever lab type dog, and then a really cute Siamese cat. 
their names I got wrong throughout the whole movie <laughs> until I read notes, but it's Teo Luth and Bodger. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> and they go on an incredible journey because they have to leave their family and live with somebody and then it takes them, I don't know, weeks to get back and they do it. 27. <laughs> I wrapped that up real quick. <laughs> I gotta say it's weird. No, I need my phone. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's right next to you. I gotta say it's weird because we've been doing Friends, watching Friends, and that recap that we have on there is only 15 seconds. So oh, we have yeah. double that time, which is But weird. I still felt like I had to rush that one. You cheated. You're like, and this dog looks like this, and is called this, and this dog looks like this, and is called that. It's a fact. <laughs> All right, go. All right, two dogs and a cat travel over 200 miles to find their family. Cute. They battle bears and lynxes and starvation. Poor cat almost dies. No worries. Kind humans, kind humans help them along their way and they make it back to their family. That was 14 seconds. I'm just that good. Whatever. Tell me that wasn't the movie. It was the movie. Mm-hmm. You're good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some history on The Incredible Journey. This is a film from 1963. Um, it's live action, in case anybody didn't know that. And it is based on a book called The Incredible Journey by Sheila Burnford, who is Scottish. So that's cool. Maybe her vision of them is in like the Scottish Highlands. Oh, Why didn't they this do book. this in Scotland? Because Scotland's beautiful. But anyway. They did not film it in Scotland. No. Canada. But anyway. It is narrated by Rex Allen, and as Katie said in her beautiful Disney Dash, it is an adventure of Luth, the Labrador Retriever, and they he and his two other buddies travel 250 miles through the Canadian wilderness to return home, and their names are Bodger, the Bull Terrier, and Teo, who I thought's name was Tail the entire movie. <laughs> Uh, the Siamese cat. Tail. I need a cat named I, Tail. I literally thought his name was Tail for the whole movie. And then I was reading notes and I'm like, oh, it's Tao. Can we have enough cats to name them like, so it'll be Paws and Whiskers and Tail? No, we do Harry Potter names for our cats. That's true. We can't stray. Um, So the film was mostly praised for its nature scenes and for the narration. So people really liked the, the animal scenes. Um, but the human scenes and the climactic ending, apparently, had mixed negative reactions for disrupting the mood of the film. I did kind of agree that I thought the human acting was pretty bad. I didn't think it was... I don't know. It didn't really add to the story. Like, I, like yeah, like they were important, but like the dogs and the cat that didn't say a word acted better than the people. I agree with you. That so. cat... Phenomenal acting. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, so as I said before, it was mostly filmed in Canada and Ontario. And then also Washington and Oregon. And I was going to say, whenever, um, like, some of the wilderness scenes, I was like, I envision this is, like, Portland, Seattle. Like, like I literally envisioned that area. But I thought that the whole thing was filmed in Canada. So that was interesting. And I was like, oh. It actually was filmed where I thought it looked like your gut knew. So um, it premiered 
on October 30th of 1963 and then was released in theaters on November 20th. Critics loved it and thought that it was one of the best animal movies for children, but it was not really a huge box office hit. Um, But it didn't really cost a lot to make, so it did turn a profit, even though it didn't, like, make a ton. Um, The studio re-released it into theaters in 1969, and then it was first shown on The Wonderful World of Color in 1977 and released on home video in 1984. And it is recognized by the American Film Institute in their 100 Years, 100 Cheers list. And it has an 88% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I like throwing in that Rotten Tomatoes thing. I don't know why. I like kind of just trust them with their ratings for some reason. Yeah. I wonder what Cat's rating is on Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably like a one. I wonder if it has. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably like a one. This cat did much better acting than all those cats with the creepy human faces. Don't talk Except like for Swift. about Taylor Swift. Except for Taylor Swift, queen of all cat mothers. Okay? It's all right. Give me your fun facts. Oh, my two fun facts? Guys, I was so disappointed. Here's this, like, animal movie, right? And me, like, I loved Homeward Bound when I was growing up, which is the remake of this movie. And, like, any kind of humanoid animal, instantly attracted to. That was my jam. Like, Ralph S. Mouse, Stuart Little, that kind of stuff. All about it. So I'm like, yes, there's going to be, like, a ton of facts about the animals and the training. No. No. Nothing. Nothing. We have uh, what we already know, which is Rex Allen narrated this movie. But he also narrated Nikki Wild Dog of the North. I remember. We remember we that, that one. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also... Oh, Emil... Genist, who is the guy who played John Longridge, who's the guy who was watching over them. them. Yes. Um, This is his third and final Disney film. So he was previously in Nicky Wild Dog of the North and Big Red. Okay. All the dog movies. He must be a dog. He likes dogs. Yeah. This is the only cool fun fact. So the cat, Teo, who is actually named Sin, which is S-Y-N, he comes back in That Darn Cat, which we'll be seeing in a little while. Isn't Haley Mills in that movie? I think so. I love Haley Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone remember Meg's extreme praise of Haley Mills? I actually thought that though. I was convinced when we were watching this movie that the little girl that finds Teo was like somehow related to Haley Mills. I was like, she looks like her. She sounds like her. But I know that she's too young to be her. And, like, I know what Haley Mills looks like, and that's not Haley Mills. So, I like, while we were watching it, I was looking up who that was, and it, no relation to Haley Mills whatsoever. Nope. So, that was sad. Um, okay, so our character list. We've got John Longridge, who is played by Emile Janest, like Katie just said. And he is the one who is the uncle-slash-godfather? I think he's just a family friend, but they call him uncle. So I think godfather. He is godfather, yeah. To the little boy of the Hunter family, which is Peter. Um, So he's like over there for some, for dinner one night. And um, he finds out that the Hunter family has this opportunity to go. Well, James, the dad, has an opportunity to go and work in Oxford. So something crazy. Like, England? I don't (laughs) know. Um, So they're like all excited about this opportunity, but then like they forget about the fact, like 
who just forgets that they have pets. I don't know. They did. They Not forgot the that they had pets. And then the daughter is like, what about Teo? And what about Bodger? And how do you say that other dog's name? They call him Lua. 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 I think. Lua. It has a TH at the end. It's weird. Um, so then John is like, well, they know me. I know them. Why don't they just come and stay with me while you guys are gone? So he takes them in. And he has, like, his own little routine with them, which is really cute in the beginning of the movie. Um, Shout out to that dude. Like, he's like, I- I'll take all of your animals. Yeah. And care for them as my own. That's nice of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes them in, and they all have their own little routines. The kitty cat, Teo, sleeps, always sleeps in front of the fireplace, which is a very cat thing to do. Our cats always find the heaters in the house and sleep there. Um, and then we've got Lua who always just goes off on his own and sleeps in the kitchen. And then Bodger, who will have his own bed in John's room. And then as soon as John falls asleep, he goes and sleeps on the bed with him. <laughs> that which made is me cute. Laugh. And like such a dog thing to do. Um, but I liked John. Yeah, he was a Hufflepuff. <laughs> he was a Hufflepuff. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, okay, then we have the Hunter family, who is Professor James Hunter, Nancy, Elizabeth, and Peter. So Elizabeth, the cat is really hers. Mm-hmm. So Teo is Elizabeth's. James's dog is Lua, and then Peter's dog is Bodger. And I'm guessing they got Bodger when they had Peter because they're like the same age according yes. to the movie. Yes. Um, and so like, excuse me, that kid can't be any older than ten. And like, I understand dog years are way beyond cat years, but like, ten is pretty old for a dog. I don't know. It's pretty old for a dog. It's old, but it's not like dilapidating that's how they were treating this poor dog but bodger like i mean yeah they were saying that he was old but like bodger they picked the wrong dog to make the dog look old because bodger didn't look old and <laughs> that's our problem. bodger was a girl you could tell because you can tell the difference between girl dogs and boy dogs because they don't wear pants and uh yeah bodger was actually a girl even though they kept calling bodger a boy that annoyed me but you know i got over it Maybe female bull terriers are easier to train. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just kept thinking it was the target dog. But they're cute. What I kinda liked and I don't I'm I don't know if the in the book it's a bull terrier, but it kinda helped that dog look older to me a little bit because their eyes are kinda stretched, so you kinda like look tired more often. I guess the other yeah. ones. It kinda helped that way. Well there's not a bull terrier in Homeward Bound, right? Isn't it like a boxer? I think so. It's like a golden retriever. Or no, no. Is there even a golden retriever? I don't remember what. I think so. And then a boxer, and then it's a cat. Still a Siamese cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then we have Tommy Tweed as the hermit. Dude, this guy. Is that the guy that shoots it? No, this is the guy that. Oh, takes is that them the guy that lives out in the wilderness? The, the really crow? weirdo that like has the crow on his head, and then he's like eating food, and then he just moves around the whole table and eats all the food that he put out for the dogs. Yeah. He yeah. was a really weird character. This guy's like, okay, here's these animals. They need help, right? That like, he's friendly. didn't need to exist. I know. He's friendly <laughs> to all these animals. So he dev- decides to invite them in. Like, they look hungry. He makes stew. He sets the table. And he says, okay, please sit. Well, animals think, okay, I sit. So they're sitting on the ground. Instead of being like, okay, that makes you more comfortable. Or here, come up on a chair. He just, in his brain, he thinks, oh, no one's eating it. I'll walk around the table and sit and at each spot eat. and eat all the food. And you can tell it's like painting him. He's full. 
I didn't understand that. That was stupid. I didn't understand it either. And then they just left and they didn't eat anything. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> um, then we have the Mackenzies, James and Nell Mackenzie. Who were they? They helped. They took took them in at one point in time. I think they gave them their that little home. They like let them stay in the barn. Hmm. I don't remember that. It was like the last human family they stayed with before they went home. Oh, that's right. The one that take the porcupine quills out yeah. of his nose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Beth Amos as Mrs. Oaks and Eric Clavering as Bert Oaks. They were the people that came and watched John's house that's while right. he was gone. Okay, so the lady like came to clean and then he asked her to order coffee and she didn't think that the dogs were there. Yeah, it was a big cat. mix up because the cat burned half the note. And then also we can't forget about the girl that takes in Teo for like two days. Yeah. I don't know if she was on here. No. Yeah. So there's the little girl and then her dad. She calls for her dad and her dad comes over because she sees this cat. Well, She just says an animal floating on a like little raft of sticks in the river. And it is Teo. So they like nurse Teo back to health. And then Teo's appreciative and lets the little girl just like cuddle and love. And then Teo leaves. No. (laughs) Well, he's got business to do. He's got business to attend to. That poor girl, though. She fell in love with this cat. She can find another cat. Okay. Uh, and most importantly, we have Muffy as Bodger, the bull terrier. Muffy, the girl, bull terrier. <laughs> Rink as Lua, Lueth. I literally, I just, I don't know just what to call, call that dog. call the dog Rover or something. Honestly, Good God. What is Lueth? The Labrador Retriever. So does that mean it's like a lab golden retriever mix? I could see that. I could see that. Yes. Okay. And yes. then Sin Cat as Teo, the Siamese cat. I love that's not just Sin. It's Sin Cat. Sin Cat. I like that. Hey, Ted Cat. We call him Ted Cat. That's true. Teddy watched this whole movie with us and he it was did. awesome. He liked Teo. He liked Teo a lot. Okay. So... I have some questions about this movie before we get into our opinion. We have a bone to pick. It seems when watching this movie that there is potential animal harming. And I'm not okay with it. And as a certain scene was happening, I was like, hold on. Like, can they do that? And Meg reminded me that... Well, this is the 60s. There weren't really that many laws in place. Kind of like in that one movie where they were riding an ostrich. Like, you you can't do that anymore. <laughs> what was that? The, was that was Swiss, Swiss Family Robinson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were riding an ostrich. That's You can't do that. Um, so, <laughs> <You> can't. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple scenes in this movie where they clearly put animals in danger, and I'm not here for it. And the first one I think that we saw was having this black bear come and interact with all three of them, but mostly Sin Cat. This giant mama black bear. And that was, like, they really they really did that. That was, like, one shot. They had the black bear come into the scene, and they provoked it to, like, look like it's attacking these animals. It was, like, back on its legs. And thankfully, like, nobody got, like, nobody got harmed when they were doing that, but they still put the animals in a really crappy situation. 
I was literally w- wondering the whole time, like, how real is this scene? It's real. How controlled is this scene? If the cat Based... was going to die, were they just going to get another cat? Well, that's what they did in movies back then. Oh, that breaks my heart. But Sin Cat is an experienced actor and knew how to handle the situation. Because <laughs> apparently this cat was actually, like, legitimately a really, like, known animal actor. But anyway... um. People have pointed, I'm so I'm reading this from this article called Cinema Cats, so I'm assuming it focuses on cats and movies and whatnot and like where you can find certain types of cats and movies because there's this whole thing on the side that has like black cats, calico, cream, ginger, gray, hairless, kitten, <laughs> and it's like got links for all of these movies that you can see with all these different cats in them. But anyway, this article talks about um, The Incredible Journey. And it says some people have pointed a harsh finger at this film as being a prime example of animal cruelty in films. Certainly there are notorious examples in these live action Disney nature films where animals were reportedly injured or killed. Throwback to the lemmings suicide in white wilderness being a prime example. Do you remember that? They like all jumped off of the rock and that was like not natural for them to do. I totally forgot about that. So some scenes in this film are certainly cringeworthy for those who cannot stand to see animals in any kind of distress. Teo is shown many times hissing, fighting, and screeching, something that many a cat actor has been somehow cajoled to do on film. In all honesty, the worst offense in this film is the fact that they put animal actors together who really probably should not have been sharing the screen seeing as how even in the best of circumstances, there are chances for things to go wrong. For example, the bear and the lynx scene. So that was real. They put the lynx and the cat together and let the lynx just chase it around. It could have killed it. Yeah. 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 That's real. So they did that. Oh, Um, my God. However, we don't see any real evidence on screen of the animals hurting one another in these scenes. And the scene where Teo is washed downstream is honestly not as traumatic to see as the one in the later remake, because they do this again in the 90s, and the laws still really weren't as strict as they should have been, even in the 90s. Um, But uh, anyway... We can't really confirm or deny any harm coming to the animals, but if you are super sensitive to watching animals in peril, you may want to give this movie a pass. That's what they I'm come to the conclusion of. Glad I know all these things after because it would have made me even more uncomfortable during. Like I was already uncomfortable. I was really uncomfortable watching Teo get swept down the stream. Yes. That I was mean, like, like I was like that cat is clearly struggling. And, like, I know that it's a movie, but this cat is literally, like, struggling to keep its head above water. Yeah. And I'm sure that there were people around, but, like, things could have still gone wrong. Honestly, that water, a human shouldn't have even jumped into it, you know? So That's what I was thinking. I was like, if things really do go south, how no one's going to jump in there. Right. No. Um, So there's another blog that I found called Melbatus. I don't know. Anyway, he posted something about (laughs) The Incredible Journey, a study in animal abuse. Um, And (laughs) their opinion, their first, one of their first opinion sentences is, this is one seriously screwed up movie. (laughs) I mean, it's a cute kids movie as far as stories go. But I turned it on partway through and have seen the following. Yes. 
okay. This is Disney who also, you know, Finding Nemo. 30 seconds in, you're sobbing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but at least that's animated. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. I mean, you can do those scenes and not cause any issue or harm with animation. I'm just saying so. that maybe we shouldn't be surprised. No. But you're right. But it's just because this is live action that <sighs> it is, like, questionable. Um. So, yeah. So... Anyway, he's like, well, first of all, this movie seems to take place in multiple simultaneous time periods from the 1880s to the 1960s, and maybe both in the UK and the US. That's a tough journey for any animal, (laughs) which is true because it's like, it's really weird because you go to like where they start is this like civilized house that you would think to, you would see in the 60s, right? It's like, you know, a normal, nice house, but just in the woods. And then you like, All of a sudden, we're back at, like, old Yeller times where there's, like, people washing things on a washboard and it's, like, a log cabin in the middle of nowhere with no electricity. (laughs) It's like, hold on, is this the 60s or not? I don't know. It was very weird. There were people with, like, random British accents or Scottish accents. Yep. Yeah, there was. Then they, then they're like, and then they throw a real live cat into a raging river to get shots of a cat paddling furiously through it. And then they throw a retriever right in after the cat just for it to get smashed up against rocks. Oh. And then they release a real live lynx after this poor cat. Neither the cat nor the lynx were screwing around at all. And I sort of wondered how many cats they went through to get that shot. Thankfully, only one. They may have also stuck real porcupine quills in the lab's face. I questioned Ooh. how they did that scene, too. I really don't understand how they did. I couldn't find any information on the porcupine scene. I searched multiple different ways. Um, I don't know how they did that scene, but it sure looked like there were porcupine quills sticking in this animal's face, and I don't know how they would do makeup on a dog like that. But anyway, lastly, I found an article from Letterboxd. Um, this is a review by someone called Cassowary. So their first paragraph, and this is like basically what I want to end on. So just to be clear, just to clear any doubts, there was research that I tried to find animal cruelty on the possibility of animal cruelty in this film, and I can't find any conclusive evidence that animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Some scenes are certainly misguided. For instance, the cat's encounter with the bear could have ended terribly. Nonetheless, all animal actors appear to have emerged from this project unscathed. Sin the Siamese Cat is a standout actor. I don't think I've ever seen an animal with such screen presence. Animals aren't aware that they're acting, so this mainly boils down to a magnetic personality, and this cat's got it. Um, so, yeah, basically. <laughs> got it. Yes. I, so there's, there's not really any, like, conclusive evidence of, like, harm at all, but there are some definite questionable scenes that make me wonder a how they got that how they got it b what they did to the animal to get it and like at the end of the day you don't throw a cat into a raging river to get a scene of it (laughs) and like if you think about it like thinking like talking about current things do you remember the movie like a dog's purpose yeah there was so much backlash from that movie because there's like a scene where the dog goes in this water and there's like behind the scenes footage of them trying to get this and they were i mean like it was controlled it wasn't just a river in the middle of nowhere they like created this in studio but they were like pushing the dog in there to get it to go into that water i remember hearing about that yeah so there was like huge backlash from that and they got into some trouble for it i believe but it's you know same thing i mean i guess it at least seems like it was put in a different situation than the cat because it was like all very 
controlled. Controlled, but the, the dogs still look terrified, so. It's not like a human who can sign a contract and say, yes, I am willing to be, to do X, Y, and Z stunts. Right. You know? Yeah. Like this, if it gets scared, it gets scared, and they're going to shove it in anyway because they're trying to get a shot. Yeah. That's terrible. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how they got all of the shots, but I do know that they put the animals with the bear, they put the animals with the lynx, and that's not cool. It all happened to the cat. It oh no 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 no! The bear. Well, the bear was all three of Bodger, them. Bodger, yeah. Well, and the and the um, Lua was there too, mm-hmm. even though he didn't actually get like hit. Like Bodger got hit by the bear. Yeah, first thing, the ant like the little bird, and the fish and the rabbit. Did they all catch those for real? Oh, I don't know. I didn't find anything about those. It looked real. It sure did. That was definitely a dead rabbit in that. Oh yeah. Dog's mouth. Oh yeah. That was not a stuffed animal. No, that was a dead rabbit. Mm-hmm. Sin catching that fish though. That was cool. That was awesome. Katie, Teddy was sitting on Katie's lap and she's like, "Teddy, look, he got it." <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with me. Oh God. Okay. All right. Favorite parts of the movie. Let's bring this up because yeah. that was sad. And like overall, I really did like this movie. But you know, as with a lot of old Disney movies, there's just some questionable things that I'm glad we have learned from and have moved on from. Although maybe we haven't, as seen in A Dog's Purpose. I don't know. I mean, at least there wasn't racism in this movie. <laughs> True. Which was a theme in the 50s and 60s with Disney movies. So. Right. Um. So my favorite character, hands down, is Teo. Yeah. Cat is awesome. First of all, gorgeous cat. Second, bluest eyes I've ever seen in my life. Cross-eyed blue eyes. Cross-eyed blue eyes. <laughs> I feel like a lot of Siamese are just cross-eyed, and it just makes them even cuter. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like those articles were saying, like, stand-up cat, really great screen presence, miles ahead of all the humans in this movie. Yes. Um. I will give a shout-out to Tommy Tweed, because, like, bizarre guy. Um. And my favorite scene was honestly any scene with that cat in it. Oh, any scene that had um, Teo and Badger together because you could tell that they had a special relationship and it was so cute. Kitty would just like rub all over him and take care of him. That was so cute. After the bear scene, whenever the cat just started rubbing all over Badger. Yeah. And I particularly enjoyed the fish catching scene. Is that your favorite scene? I think so. (laughs) Okay. Um, My favorite character is probably a tie between Teo and Badger. I enjoyed Badger. Even though they tried to make Bodger sound and seem like he was supposed to be old, he definitely didn't act old. <laughs> like, you could tell that the dog was, like, acting to act old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But it was kind of cute. So, like, you could tell that one scene where they're like, the dog's legs just collapsed underneath him and he knew he had to rest. I was like, you can tell that the do- there's, like, a treat in front of the dog and the dog is, like, slowly crawling. <laughs> but it was cute. Um my favorite scene is probably whenever Teo finds the dogs again and then they <gasps> reunite. Yeah. That was so sweet. That's right. That was way more exciting and happy than whenever the humans came back into the picture and the dogs and the cat found their humans again. Preach. Um, That's uh, so true. Yeah. It was like more emotional for me. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, the dogs are so happy to see Teo. The humans were like, I hear barking. Oh my god. And then they they're like, no, I home. don't. There's no barking. Right. Oh, maybe I hear it. I'm like, get out of here. I will <laughs> I will say Bodger jumping How much on that did you child. Get paid for this role. <laughs> Bodger jumping on that child was hilarious though. That was really cute. 
but Bodger jumping on Teo was even cuter. Yes. 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 Least favorite, all of those scenes that we talked about that are questionable, particularly the cat going down the stream, because that was like the bear scene upon reflection, bad, but wasn't as scary. Like it, to me that I know probably wasn't, but it felt more controlled. Um, but then we get to this river, which no one's controlling this river. It's kind of like whitewater rafting going on here. Like it's very, I don't know if turbulence the right word or whatever, but like this cat is drowned like a rat trying to stay afloat. And I was so worried for it because I knew that like things weren't, we like vocalized our worry about the acting portion of this while watching it. Like that was the first thing we thought of together. We're like, oh my God, is this real? Like, how else would they get this? And then Meg pointed out that um, Lua in there was, like, literally shaking. Yeah, he was shaking on the rocks. Like, I was like, that dog is scared. <sighs> that was a bad scene. Yeah, that, any of that was not And favorable. I didn't care for the lynx scene. Yes. Um, <sighs> in any scene with humans. <laughs> I will say, and I don't know, I hope this isn't breaking into Homeward Bound, but... Um, someone did mention how like the human scenes were just totally blah and like because you basically only see them in the beginning and the end you don't have a connect to like how much they care about these animals and they did rectify that apparently in homeward bound like they show a little better they show like in the middle of the movie like how miserable they are without these animals so there was like a teeny tiny bit of that but they didn't seem miserable the guy was just like oh i'm gonna call all these places and see if they've seen them yeah um, before we go to what we took away from it, I want to ask your opinion on like the voiceover. Did do you do you remember Homeward Bound? Va- like I loved it as a kid, but I haven't seen it in so long. So like with Homeward Bound, then there's more individual narration, I believe. The animals talk. The animals, yeah. yeah. But like they don't like animate their mouths or right. anything, but like they are like having conversation whereas this is just like a narration over. Did you like that take on it or did you prefer like them having conversation? So I don't know if it's nostalgic reasons that I pre- preferred them having their own conversation and that I really like how that's done. But it didn't it honestly didn't bother me this time because it feels very appropriate to this time period. Like, yeah. oh, there's someone narrating the story. It felt like um, God, all those all those ones that he would do about nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with a, like a film storyline. Because he always line. made a story, even though it right. was just like, oh, I'm going to show you like the desert or whatever. Right. Like he, there were still characters within it. Right. And I was, I was very impressed with how they got across what these animals were doing or thinking or quote unquote saying mm-hmm. with just the narration and just the animal acting. Like yeah. it made, none of it was like, eh, they're not really doing that. Like it all felt pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I didn't mind it. I, didn't I mind just it. wondered. It felt appropriate to this time to me. Mm-hmm. Did okay. I want them to talk? Yeah, because I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll wait till 93. <laughs> what we took away from it. So, like, what does this movie or story mean to you or, like, themes that you pull from it? Um, determination. But also, I really like how the animals balance each other out. So we have Lewis, who's like this young dog who's just driven. He's got this, they talk about like his instinct all the time. And he's always like homeward driven. Homeward bound. Homeward bound. Um, 
and but he kind of learns through this journey like oh I have this older dog that like I really need to stop and let him rest or like take care of my family like this is my pack you know and like the cat is kind of like between the two you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know I liked how in the beginning when they were like describing each of their roles and they're like and the cat is just all over (laughs) (laughs) sometimes he's off on his own journeys and he comes back sometimes he's in the front sometimes the middle sometimes the back so i guess just it's like the importance of whoever your family is because this is two dogs and a cat who probably shouldn't have any kind of connection to each other but they really really do and they take care of each other on their way home so whoever you pick as your family doesn't have to be blood yeah. And I whatever like you want to accomplish, you can, if you're determined enough. Truth. And willing to accept help. Yes. Because they were, which is good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I yeah, I just, I liked how it basically showed how these three, like, even the, the difference between Lua and Bodger, like, maybe they shouldn't have been friends either, but they were because they're family and, like, um... I don't know, just, like, how they were all able to use each other's strengths and weaknesses to, like, complete the journey. Yeah. And get to where they need to go. The incredible journey? No one was left behind. (gasps) Throwback. We'll throw forward. Yeah. To Lilo and Stitch. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that in, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) Lasting thoughts? Like, last thoughts, I guess? I I really enjoyed Homeward Bound, so, like, it was cool to see where that movie came from. Yeah, I agree. But I'd never seen this before. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I liked it, minus questionable things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when we were talking about bringing this back, we were like, oh, man, we got to bring the Disney memories back. And we, I was under the impression, I think Meg was, too, that we were running out of them. Oh, no. We have a lot stockpiled. Yeah, but please continue to send them to us. I'll give a little shout out about that after I read this Disney memory, who is from Jennifer Wilderman. So she says, when I was six and a half, the year was 1994. I remember going to Disney World with my dad, mom, sister, Mimi, and Papa. A few things from that trip stay in mind. One that I remember is when my Papa spotted Nancy Kerrigan, a famous figure skater from the 90s in Magic Kingdom. He screamed, there's Nancy. After he shouted that out loud, she then looked panicked as her, te- as her team that was with her stepped into formation to surround her. <laughs> Way to go, Papa. Um, he, oh, keeping her safe from the fans that were around her, that they had no idea she was there. He managed to snap a picture of her with his camera. I'll never forget when he got the photos developed and he got literally the top of her head and was like, I wish I had not shouted her name. I could have gotten a better picture of her. This memory will always make me smile. It is also, it also is funny because I had an Aunt Nancy and when he tells the story, she always says, Dad, I was not there. And he goes, not you. (laughs) My other fond memory from this trip was going to Country Bears Jamboree with my Mimi. My sister wanted to go on Splash Mountain and as she was patient with me four years younger, all day, my dad, mom, and papa went with her to Splash Mountain. I was t- tired, however, and my Mimi did not want to go on the ride. She asked me if I would like to go see the Country Bears with her. I remember being so shocked with how cool and awesome the show was. I also remember my Mimi singing along with the bears, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. My six-year-old mind was blown. I also love this memory as I grow older. I got to spend 
one-on-one time with my Mimi at Disney. After the bears, she told me all about the first time they went to Disney with my dad, aunt, and uncle when they were kids and how she loved that the park still felt the same with the new rides. Thank you, ladies, for all you do. Your podcasts are encouraging and uplifting and bring hope to many and show that magic is in all of us through the ages, no matter how young or old we are. You are a blessing. Signed, a grown-up swisher, Jen. Oh, Jen. That's cute. Thank you so much. That's cute. And that is exactly what Walt wanted with the parks. So look at you. Yes. To be able to have all ages come together and have something to enjoy Mm -hmm. and reminisce about it later like as you get older you're like oh my god like i had that moment with my grandma Mm -hmm. or you know what i mean it's really cool yeah and like i think too about how like now we still go to disney all the time right we're like almost 30 and i know and my mom comes with us every single time because she loves it so much Mm -hmm. and it's like me and my mom, who are, like, over 30 years apart, because she was, like, older whenever she got me, still can go someplace and have something that we enjoy together. Yep. And it's great. And that is literally what Walt wanted. Pops into his head on a bench. Yep. Saw that bench. We did. Mm-hmm. It's at Disneyland, for anybody who doesn't know. Yep. So if you would like to share your Disney memory and have it read aloud on the podcast, email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It could be anything Disney related, parks, not parks, home, watching movies, whatever it might be. Uh, so send it in and we'll be sure to feature it on the show. Yep. All right. Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. Nothing's changed. We're everywhere that we were before. Make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast group, which I mentioned earlier in the episode is super active. People post Disney stuff all the time. It's awesome. We're in the group. We interact with people. We chat with you guys about whatever you want to chat about Disney. Um, So make sure that you go and join it. We're also on Instagram at Grown Up Kids pod. We also will be relaunching our Patreon sometime in February. We have some really cool ideas to make it doable for us and fun for you. We're thinking of doing a monthly Disney dabble, possibly, where it's just Katie and I and we talk about a topic that is Disney related, whether it be a newer movie that's come out, a theme park thing that's happening. And as a patron, you could like give us topics maybe you want to learn more about or hear more about or maybe we don't even know about it we want to research it so yeah and that could be what the disney dabbles are about um and then we have another cool little thing that we're working on that is like a creative aspect of patreon that we would like to launch but we don't have details on it yet but it will be ready soon sorry patience um we're gonna revamp our tiers so just be on the lookout for more information thank you so much for listening Make sure to watch The Sword in the Stone ahead of next week's episode. Your boy Merlin. I know. Yeah. Merlin's a Slytherin. <laughs> next one. He's redeeming a- factor she uses for all He's Slytherins. He's one redeeming quality person. <laughs> People will be like hating on it. She's like, yeah, but did you know? Merlin's a Slytherin. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. happy place welcome disneyland is your land
Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.